Blog Talk Radio. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go, 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 go. Over 24 million people that are going to lose health insurance. You can't continue to play with people's emotions like this, okay? Politics may be a game to you because you're in Washington, but it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. Again, I refer back to a civilized society where no one, not even the President of the United States, is above the law. However, Trump has a blatant disregard for the law, and he only likes it when he stands to benefit from it. How selfish, selfish, selfish. You're now listening to the provocation. You're now listening to the provocation. Real people, real conversation. Real people, real conversation. You ready? You ready? Let's go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Let me clear my throat. Conversation, man. Mm. It's been a long week. Well, last week is. Today is Monday, beginning of a new week. You know, Mm -hmm. personally, I can't stand Mondays. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, based upon what happened this weekend, it doesn't make this Monday any better. Let me just start Mm -hmm. by saying that. Um, but in case you didn't know what you're listening to, you listen to the provocation, real people, real conversations. My name is Ron. I'm one half of the dynamic duo. And as always, I got my boy with me. And I'm Ronald L. Felton, the father and son tag team. The views on this podcast are clearly the views of my son and myself and not of any organization that either of us may be affiliated with. With that being said, we welcome you to episode 85. In season three of the provocation. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Like we always say about this time, if you're listening live, we appreciate the love. If you're listening to the archive, we appreciate that too. Uh, today is April first, two thousand nineteen, Monday. Um, hope everybody had a good weekend. Hope everybody uh, had a decent day at work. Hopefully, it wasn't too stressful on you. You know. Um, you know, today is April Fool's Day, but I can say, man, <clears throat> it just didn't feel the same today. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you got something planned where you play a joke on one of your loved ones or something like that. And personally, um, I just wasn't in the mood for it today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um you know, we'll, we'll get into to what I'm talking about a little bit later on. But uh, not much going on. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, it's been a long week. And I don't even know where to start, man. Um, well, first let me ask you, 
what's we'll, we'll get into it. What's what's going on on your side, man? Well, uh, it's a nice day today. It was a very nice day today. It didn't look that way. Well, it was a little overcast in the morning, but as the day went yeah. on, it kind of cleared up. Uh, one thing I, that I would like to say, uh, being that today is April Fool's Day, I don't know if you realize it, but at uh, at one point, your mother and I, we were considering getting married on April Fool's Day. Well, it ended up being uh. April Fool's Day, which was a Saturday. However, we right. moved our wedding because of that to Sunday, which made it April 2nd. So tomorrow will be our 40th wedding anniversary. Ooh, 40 years. 40 years. Uh, and y'all ain't killed each other yet? No. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Parts of that might ring true, especially yeah. today, because we yeah. were at it again today. That's just, that's, you know what it is, man. It's just, that just keeps the flair in a relationship. That's all. It is, man. <laughs> you got to fight every now and then just so you can make up. You know how? I go? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it was. Yeah. It's all good. It's been all good, man. It's been all good. You know, ups and downs. It's been all good, and that's what. That's what it teaches us. Life teaches us that there's going to be uh, turbulences and there's going to be smooth times. And you yeah. somehow manage to ride your way and maneuver through all those different uh, ups and highs and lows and all of that kind of stuff. And and for you to be able to say 40 years later, uh, you know, we're still here together, hanging in there. You know, it just makes you say it was all worth it, you know. And yeah, absolutely. And, and not yeah. not to brag, we are proud because we have a handsome young son. Now, I got to say, he is pretty handsome. I got to agree with you on that. <laughs> he is pretty handsome. Now, I don't know if your wife would agree <laughs> or disagree. You know, I would have to yeah. get a little bit of her input on that. Well, I don't think she would, you know, she would would have, would have married. Well, she might have, because you know it ain't all about looks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I ain't never had no complaints with her. She ain't never called me ugly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that you know, that would be something strange if she turned and looked at you. You know, said you was ugly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. I can't stand your ugly yeah. ass. The only thing. Well, no, you know, the only thing you could do is you could like say, "Well, I know you're joking," you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I mean, because she said that to me, I'm like, "Well, well, you ain't had no problems with it. How about that?" <laughs> if I'm so ugly, <laughs> you know that used to be a song. Like, what's what's the song? They said if you wanna, what is it? Make a. Happy woman, your wife, no, marry an ugly woman, or something like that. If you want to marry an ugly woman or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I don't know how it went, how the, how the lyrics actually went, but there was a song uh, that was based on that, you know? Wow. Now, I ain't never heard that song. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I think I did pretty well. For like, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, 
Make an ugly woman your wife. <laughs> Damn. I, mean, I guess she'd be so happy to get somebody, you know. Hey, how, how would that song fly in the Me Too movement? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it may hit rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, he, he might. They might. They might kick him out. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's, I like hearing that though, man. That's um, that's beautiful. That uh, you guys have been together that long. Forty years is a long time when you think about it, man. It is a long time, yeah. and uh, uh, I guess during the period of time that that you know we were that we were growing up, and uh, as marriages began, a lot of them didn't yeah. last, you know, that long. <laughs> And so in today's, well, I, I would say now it seems, though, uh, in some instances, uh, there's a return to that type of life, that long-term commitment, and uh, yeah. uh, which is good to see because at one point they were saying uh, they were keeping track of the percentages of marriages that ended up in divorce and, and so forth, and you start to... You, you see that number increased and, and stuff like that, and you began to, uh, you know, it, it made you, it raised concerns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, marriage is definitely something different nowadays, man. Mm-hmm. I think people nowadays yeah. treat it more as a, a business arrangement than just, you know, being in love and growing old with the person you know, that you're in love with, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, w- I personally wouldn't have any other way. I feel like yeah, I, f- I found my life partner. You know, looks like, like my best yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And hopefully, you know, we'll we'll be able to reach forty years one day. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, it's there, it's there. Yeah, I see the yeah, I, I see the twinkle wife. and the spark in both of you. Do you really? I do. <laughs> Oh, uh, you, you sure that wasn't just her punching me in the face and you seeing the was talking to my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's all good, though, yeah. man. It's all good, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. See, but, that, um, that helps us also keep track of, you know, just how old you are. You know, that keeps us focused, you know what I'm saying? Oh, our son will be, you know, blah, blah, blah this year, you know? Well, I don't need to. I don't need to uh, for you to keep track of that. I do just fine on my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know mhm. But um, uh, yeah, man. So I had an idea. Like I was, I was speaking to you earlier, and I had an idea of how I wanted uh, or what direction the show was going to go today. Um, but like, like always, circumstances pop up. And, you know, we changed some things around. So um, it's a situation I wanted to talk about today that occurred over the weekend that seemed mm-hmm. to hit it, it, it hit home for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not because I knew the person, knew, knew this person, you know, personally, but as I've gotten older, I've... Um, Well, let me let me just let me get, let me just break it down this way because it's hard to explain. Okay, when you, when I'm young, when you were, when I was younger, right, right, you know, people people pass away, 
you know, you, you attend funerals and you, you see how, you know, people are like breaking down and they're just so distraught that they're never going to be able to see uh, their loved one again, you know? Right. And as a child, you, you sit there, you witness it, but you don't understand it. You know, it's like you you get the fact that this person was, they were close to this person or whatever, or, you know, they were a really close friend, but you don't understand the emotion that comes with that until you get older. Mm-hmm. And I think for mm-hmm. me, as I've gotten older, I've, I've, I've tapped into that more, like, you know, whether it be, I think where it started for me was when I lost my grandmother, my, uh, my grandmother Vo. Right. That's the first time where it's like, <clears throat> it's like an overwhelming emotion hits you all at one time and you just don't know what to do but cry. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now when I hear that somebody else passes away, not, not even in my family, but somebody who was maybe influential, you know, to the people around them, to their neighborhood or something like that. Um, immediately I go to, that is sad, but where I, where I start to get emotional is that if this person has kids, you know, how, how, am I, how do you break this to the children and they'll never, they'll never see their father again or they'll never see their mother again? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do you, like, I, I, I put myself in their shoes and, like, let's just say, like, you know how close me and my daughter are, my, my youngest daughter. You know how close. She's, like, under me all the time. Okay? Right. So sometimes I sit there and think about, like, if something were to happen to me, I don't get upset over maybe the pain I would feel or, you know, the fact that I'm leaving Earth. I get upset over because how is she going to deal with that? <clears throat> You know what I'm saying? Uh, I might get a little emotional with I might get a little emotional with this today, man, because it's it's been it's been it's the kind of way like this is this is a bigger issue than just a celebrity being killed at this point for me. You you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, um, rapper slash entrepreneur Nipsey Hussle was shot down in front of his store in L.A. over the weekend. Okay. Um, the reason that this hit home for me is because I respect humble success. And I love when a person doesn't forget where they come from and they they go back and they try to make things better for the people who they grew up with or they try to do things for that neighborhood so to give people a chance to be just as successful as they are. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand. And I know, you know, it's, there's still an investigation going on or something like that with, with this whole situation. But I don't understand why we continue to take these people away from, from, from the neighborhoods that need them or, for, or from the family that needs them. Why do we do that? And, it's, and most of the time, it'd be our own people, man. I don't mm-hmm. get it. You know, mm-hmm. what makes me so mad about what happened over the weekend is that 
and I'm speaking from a, I'm speaking from a black man living in America. What happened to Nipsey Hussle over this weekend is every black man's biggest fear. Mm-hmm. What it shows you is that no matter how successful you get, no matter where you move to, no matter who you try to, to do good for, there's always there's, you're always one bullet away from leaving this earth, whether it be somebody who you thought was your friend, somebody who's just jealous of you, maybe even police officers, who knows? It's, it's like a constant thing that you deal with. Like I, I leave out of here every day. I go to work. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, make sure you got your seatbelt on. Make sure you ain't driving too fast. Don't get pulled over. Just make it to work. Get there, work. Do the same thing coming home. You know why I do with that? Because what if I get the cop that's just having a bad day that day? Right. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and nothing I can say to him <clears throat> calms him down. But in his mind, he just want to kill somebody. <clears throat> and then my mm-hmm. family never see me again. They'll never see me again. Yeah. I look at this young man who, you know, he he grew up in a rough neighborhood, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was part of the Crips. He 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 didn't he didn't hide that. He was part of the Crip gang, right? Right. Game banging and everything coming up. I look at him like I'm. I'm not gonna sit here and act as if I'm the biggest Nipsey Hussle fan, but I knew of him. I knew that he was like he was like one of those those up and coming artists that just never got that break. And then over the last couple of years, he was finally getting his chance. And not only was okay. it was it for him and his music, he took that chance and the money he made from it and invested it back in the community. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to give mm-hmm. people where he came from a better life than what he had. He wanted to give them more opportunities. He wanted to, you know, provide family-owned businesses. You know, just he was an entrepreneur, but he did it for the from for the place that he came from. Mm-hmm. Like the reason, the reason, the reason I can I can relate to this is because he's doing exactly what I want to do. If this show gets mm-hmm. to a point where you know it becomes wildly successful. My mind ain't on like all the things that I'm gonna buy. I'm focused on the communities I can help. That's my ultimate goal for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like to see somebody doing something so good. What would make you want to take their life? Just over jealousy? Is that it? Mm. Mm. This is what we deal with. This is the biggest fear. This man was 33 years old, man. 33. Mm. Married, I think he got like a two-year-old daughter. First album, first actual label album that he dropped, got a Grammy nomination. Wow. And it's and, and, and for all that for nothing, he, he can't even sit back and say now, like, look at what I've accomplished. Not only did I do good for myself, my daughter ain't got to worry about nothing. My wife ain't got to worry about nothing. And I'm building up my community. You can't even sit back and observe what you did now because somebody took his life. Yeah. I don't understand it, man. Mm-hmm. I just feel like 
you know, as a black man, you know, you feel like the world is already against you. So, you know, a lot of us grow up, we do a lot of dumb things. I, mean, I did a lot of dumb stuff growing up that I'm not proud of. You know, I mean, I'm hung, I hung up some circles that I probably shouldn't have been hanging in. It's things that I've been through that I don't talk about because it's not a feather in my cap. It's things that I've been through that I haven't even told you because it's just not, it's not something that I wish to relive or that mm-hmm. I feel like it's like a, a strife on my shoulder. It's, that's, it's not like, it's something I'm proud of. So why talk about it? I've been through it. It's over with. And look at where I've ascended to now. I'm a different person than I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And despite my ascension, if somebody having a bad day tomorrow, or somebody jealous of what I'm wearing, or the car I'm driving, or the house I'm living in, they could just take my life like that, and it wouldn't even matter. No, it wouldn't. Not to them. It wouldn't. It's like, why, why do our role models have to deal with this plight, man? You don't hear, like, I'm pretty sure Tom Brady, just to use him as an example, can go back to where he come from, get all the love in the world, and wouldn't have to worry about a thing. But do you think that we can go back to our hood where we come from and just hang around and chill out and stuff like that? No, because you know it's somebody always plotting on you. Like, we can't, we just can't <clears throat> enjoy the success of the people that come from where we come from. Not saying we all do the same thing, but it's just you got that that one group of people that just can't they can't stand to see you doing good, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you're right. I mean it's this instead of instead of instead of the person being proud for you, they are envious of you. Right. Jealous of you of what you are able, the fact that you are able to not so much escape, because escape means that you never plan on coming back. Right. Uh, And from what you've described this young man is doing, he went back. He gave back. Yep. And in doing so, it cost him his life. Yep. And I don't know. I, I don't know how we have this. I guess there must be some self-hatred there yeah. that, that it spills over into being envious or jealous of others. Uh, there was one time the notion that for a black man to reach the age of 35 was considered successful. That's right. sad. And that, that, was going on, that was going on during my time. And now you're saying 25. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, and like you say, you you may stray the path a little bit or you, you that one experience that you got of of doing something maybe that wasn't legit what you learned from it was a valuable lesson yeah. that taught you that is this 
is this, <clears throat> and what helps you, Ron? What I felt, at least what I could say that helped me is that you think about your parents, the people who loved you or who loved you. Yeah. You think about the, the people in the community who always looked at you, oh, this he's such a nice young man and all this kind of stuff. And you think about all of those people that you will be letting down. Yep. And you may say to yourself, if I get through this, if I survive this uh, experience, I'm never going to go down this road again. You know what I'm saying? And yep. that's... <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I just, I've just been fortunate in my life, man, because um, one, I've always had a family that supported me. That's number one. So despite whatever I was going through, mm-hmm. um, I've always had, <clears throat> I've always been able to talk, whether it be you guys, my aunt, my cousins, somebody was always able to relate to that situation and give me the mm-hmm. knowledge I needed to hear at that time. Another good thing I've always had, I've always had excellent friends, man. I think, <clears throat> I think I've had, despite who I hung out with, and I'm going to be straight up, man, it's a lot of people who I hung out with that was doing some wild things. But when it came to when it came to that those situations coming up, it's always like, Hey look, Ron, I'm gonna holler at you later. Never like come with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or or mm-hmm. or look, young blood, this ain't this ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? Come right. Um, we gotta do something real quick. We'll we'll holler at you in like a day or two. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's always been like that for me. So I I've been very fortunate to have people like that in my life, man. But the thing that I can't, the thing that hurts me the most, man, it's just that I feel like in every man's life, we have to, we, we, we're trying to figure out who we are. And it takes, it takes us, it takes some of us longer than others. But it's like, once we hit that path and we figure out who we are, I hate the fact that it still lingers over our head that as young black men, we may not even make it to see the fruit of our accomplishments. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like, <clears throat> just, just to give an example, right? Now, you know, look at, the, look at you know, some of these relationships that go on, like celebrity relationships or whatever that you hear, and you're like, why is she with him? Like, he treating her so bad and all this stuff like that. The reason I hold... The reason I hold my tongue is because maybe that man just has he hasn't grown up to be who he who he's supposed to be yet. You know what I'm saying? And even mm-hmm. though on the outside looking in, you like, well maybe she shouldn't be with him, but at the end of the day, they need they may be the people for each other. He just has to grow into his role. So I don't call her stupid for dealing with him or him stupid for dealing with her. Mm-hmm. No. That person has found who they connect with, mm-hmm. and they're willing to accept whatever BS that comes along with it because they know who that person can end up being. They see right. the beauty in that person when they display it. Mm-hmm. That's what I see as far as, as far as the black men in this country. I feel like the neighborhoods we grow up in, the situations we put in from the beginning, the early part of our life 
it's a struggle, man, to figure out what direction we're going. But the beauty mm-hmm. is, for those who realize it, who start to get it, you can start to see the ascension to becoming the man they're supposed to be. And that's what I see, what I seen in Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. I felt like he went through what he went through when he was young. He found out music was his outlet, struggled a minute to try to make it. Then finally, after all that hard work, he got his break. Got signed by a label, dropped his first album, and then the first album gets nominated for a Grammy. Mm-hmm. That's beauty, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything's coming in place. And on top of that, you know what else he's doing? I'm helping my community. You know, just just this week, if this wouldn't have happened, you know what he'd have been doing this week? Hmm. He would have been speaking to the police chiefs or the officers or the police department in his area on how to on how to um curb the gang violence going on. That was his next hmm. that was his next adventure. Hmm. He was set to do that this week. Mm. And they took him away, man. I'm wondering, did that have anything to do with that? <clears throat> Who knows? There's a lot of conspiracy <clears throat> theories going on around there. You know, at this point, I hate I hate that people do that, man. It's because it, yeah. you got to have consideration for this man's family. Right. He got a two-year-old daughter that's never going to see her father again. Mm-hmm. And not to mention... With the way social media and how everything's so accessible on the internet, who's to say yeah. when she gets older she don't look up the video and see her father getting shot? Wow. Hmm. How I mean, how could the person who did this not think about these things, man? Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know who this person is, but if they have kids, could you imagine how your daughter or your son would feel if they never were able to see you again at a at that young age, how would it feel? How would you feel <clears throat> if your wife had to keep explaining to your daughter over and over again why daddy ain't never coming home? Or why is he laying in the casket and not moving like that? Mm. I mean, what are we doing, man? I don't know. It's just, and when you, when you do try to speak to it and try to address it, then you are looked upon as one of those uppity persons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Looking down on someone else, but that's not it. You're just trying to help them find Maybe they won't find the same thing that you found, but let them know that there's alternatives, there, there's other ways, that there's better, uh, life is more than just the hustle, the street, you know what I'm saying? Right. <clears throat> it's, right. Uh, it's sad. It's, it's, it's very sad. It's very sad. And it is, man. You painted it so eloquently in the terms of all the things that the family is, that is left behind has to confront, and they will confront that for the remainder of their lives. Yeah, it's 
crazy, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Like, I, that, that, um, that's what I think about all the time, man. I sit there and, uh, I told you my mind is always racing, man. Always. Mm. And I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know what happens after you pass. Right. But I would hope that if anything were to happen to me <clears throat> while my daughter was still young, right, I hope that, you know, if, if, it, if it's your spirit leaving your body or whatever, I hope that I wouldn't have to be around to, to witness her going through that. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's the most hurtful thing to me, man. I sit there and I think about that, like, how my wife would feel, how my kids would feel, how y'all would feel. <clears throat> It's so crazy. Oh, yeah. Hey man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, man. I worry about I worry about you all the time, man. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I know I know the, the things you got going on with the NAACP. Um, I know what type of what type of uh, presence you have in that community. But I also know what type of area it is. You know what I'm saying? Like I know that there are people who just may not like you just because of the color of your skin. And they may think you are uppity Negro because you out here, you in the newspaper, you giving speeches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And well, they get pissed off one day. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to worry about these things, man. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to worry about this. I feel like whoever did this to Nipsey Hussle could have went about their whole life not even thinking about that man, and would have been mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. If you just had your own shit going on. But now you want to mm-hmm. mess up somebody else's life. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, definitely hear what you're saying. Uh, I don't know, Ron. I just, I don't know. We think, uh, and what you just shared with me, I I think about sometimes, and uh, yeah. I don't know. Matter of fact, I'm seeing the post that you put in here, and because uh, I've seen people, you know, speaking on it and so forth, addressing it, and uh, it's deep. It's deep. Like I said, I didn't know the young man, but from obviously from what you're saying, he was doing a lot of positive things, a lot of good. And even you, you, even somebody that's running a file, you don't like to see tragedy and stuff like that come to those people. You don't no, like you don't, to see you don't like to see death like come to, to anybody. You, you you don't, know? but see the people that's running foul doing crazy stuff. You yeah. kind of thinking in the back of your mind, you're like, well, you know what? He, they kind of had it coming to him because of what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or like, they they know the they know they know the possibility. Yeah, you know, you know, it's 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 a possibility at any point in time what can happen. Yeah, yeah. But but when I the thing that kills, it's like we always say like it's it's like when we when we have. 
the people in our community that that have hit a point of enlightenment, mm-hmm. and then they're they're ready to share that with the community and try to help them reach that same level. We take them mm-hmm. away. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you can look at you can look at examples over history. Look at Martin Luther King. Right. I felt like he was. You see what he did. I, I felt like the, at the round of time that he died, he was also in like a, a period of enlightenment. I think that speech that he gave prior to that happening showed you that. You know, Ron, um, by you saying that, by you saying that, yeah. at the, I think I was in high school when this happened. And you just saying that about the speech that he gave the night before was something that at that young age I was able to connect to because I said when I heard that speech that he knew or had an idea that the end was near because of the way because of the way that the, and the passion that was in that speech and the defiance, it was, it was filled with passion. And, and it started off talking about uh, when he had gotten stabbed and a young girl wrote him and said that they said that if he had sneezed, that he would have died. And the young girl, a young white girl, I think it was from White Plains High School, had written him and said that she was so happy that he didn't sneak. And he said that he was happy. But that speech concluded with him saying basically that he had been to the mountaintop and he seen the promised land and that he may not get there with us, but that we as a people, will get to the promised land, that he wasn't fearing any man, that his eyes had seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I mean, that 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 speech, man, ran chills through your body. Every time I hear it, it runs chills through my body. But, uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't want to linger on this, but this coming... Uh, this coming Thursday, we're supposed to be uh, having an installation ceremony for the new officers. And this is the anniversary. Uh, April 4th is the annual anniversary of Dr. King's assassination. And we're using that moment as an installation of the new officers of the NACP Wilkes-Barre branch to celebrate the legacy that Dr. King left us with, the legacy yeah. that we have the opportunity to continue the struggle. That's that's what we want to, that 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 moment, not celebrating his death, but celebrating the legacy that yeah. he left us with and the legacy that we hope to continue. I'm telling you, man, it's um it gets you to thinking, it's like, why is it that they're always taken away when they hit that moment of enlightenment? Look at, look at Malcolm X. 
Yeah. You remember when yep. he went, went on his pilgrimage? Yep. He came back a different person. He came back a different person. Absolutely. Absolutely. He had a different message. And what they and did, even he, it seems, it, it seemed like all of them, like people of that stature, yeah. seem that they have, they the first to know that something, yeah. that, and, but and I think though, Ron, in, in their knowing, and I think, and I, I truly believe this of Dr. King, I believe that he had he had come to reconcile that they that may be the price that he had to pay to to bring about the fulfillment of 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 his dreams somewhat and i think that was a moment of reconciliation for him you know, that's deep. That's some really yeah. deep stuff, man. I'm trying to tell you, man. Yeah. It's, it's over and over again the curves. You 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 could take from my generation, Tupac and Biggie. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, there you go. I was thinking about them too. I said, you know, these guys they had they were what East Coast West Coast, right? Right. That right. right. Yep. Uh, yeah, man. That's big. That was deep. Deep. Yeah, but see, but see, at the time where it happened, both of them were at a moment of enlightenment. If you yeah, listen to, yeah. If you listen to, if you listen to Biggie's album after he passed away, mm-hmm. he was a different person from the first album he released. Same thing with Pop. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just why is it when when we hit that that moment? This, you know, I'll be honest, man. I love doing this show. Mm-hmm. I get to have good conversations about the things that are going on. But although I want success for this show, and I wanted to blow up so we can, you know, eventually bring more people in to have, you know, to get things off their chest to have the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of fear the um, the fame and success that comes with it, which at times makes me a little reprehensive to, to really to really, really push how I should be pushing to get this show out there. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to have to be out worrying about if somebody jealous or they mad because I said something on the show and now they want to take it out or, or take justice into their own hands. or You know, I, I, I worry. I, I think ahead. I'm not thinking in the moment. I start thinking ahead. Like, it's always going to be somebody who's praying on your downfall. And God forbid... Some, like I said, something happened to me, and then my wife is sitting there explaining to my children why this happened. Right. Well, these are the things I fear, man. I, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know, uh, on what about twenty twenty two years ago, when I first became president of the branch here in Wilkes-Barre, but I did sit down with you and your mother, and I told you that I would try to do the best I could. That's that's the only thing I knew how to do, is the best that I could. I had no idea. I was not seeking any personal glory. I was looking at it from a standpoint of 
how can I improve the life for many of our people? I was being pretty successful in my career as a associate manager of a programming staff. And why would I take that on? It was, it was, it was again, it was, I, it was me watching as I was growing up, Dr. King, the marches and seeing what people were being put through the fire hoses being released on people, the billy gloves, the police dogs, uh, the fire bombing of a church with, I think, four young girls, uh, all that stuff. And I remember Dr. King's speech that he gave uh, the uh, Lincoln Memorial, I Have a Dream speech. And I was saying, how could someone, how could anybody have so much hatred for someone that spoke so eloquently. And that's really basically what was my motivating, my motivating factor is that I just wanted to see people treated like human beings, treated decently, and to respect one another as members of the human family. And so yeah. forth. That's all I wanted. That's all I ever achieve, ever hoped to achieve, was uh, to give our young children, like you didn't have many role models in school, people who looked like you. There weren't very many, and that was the biggest challenge was to try to increase the number of role models, so that our children could have people to look up to, other than being gangbangers and all of that kind of stuff, but to look up to people that they could see in front of them each day as a role model, you know, so. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're worried about if you put the energy into success, will you lose yourself? And, and that's what you have to, that's what you have to stay grounded in is that not to allow the success because one thing about the success, if it comes, then it may take you instead of, instead of you and your family being together, like you are now, that success may draw you into being away more and stuff like that. So you gotta, you gotta, you be aware of all of that, you know, but I like, I like the fact that, that you, and your wife suggested that we do this podcast because you felt we had something worth saying, worth sharing with others. And yeah. we've been on around. This is our third season, our third season. I, to be honest with you, I didn't anticipate it. I, think, I thought it would initially be just like a fad, you know, yeah. and right. we would move on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, but we've seen growth. Yeah, with me, I don't, I don't worry about how I'm going to act with the success because I've always been a very humble person. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, you know, my and the plan isn't for me to 
to be first of all, if I had my if I had my choice, I would like the success without having the fame that comes along with it. You know, you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would rather just be a voice versus being a face all over social media or out there like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't fear how I'm going to react for the success. I fear the jealousy that comes along with the success. You know what I mean? There's some people that mm-hmm. people can actually allow that to get them so riled up where they're willing to take somebody's life. And I don't want to be... I. My biggest fear is putting my family through that. Now, I may just be, you know, I may be thinking too much about this. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But what happened this weekend to the young man Nipsey Hussle is an example of how it can happen at any point in time. Yeah, you can't. Those things are really beyond beyond your control. Uh, yeah. If people are going to be jealous, they're going to be jealous. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can't, you know, we can't stop that. You know, we can't say, don't be jealous. You know, it's just, it's something, it's something that the individual, and that's probably one of the the more weaker individuals, uh, did not see in themselves that they allow something like that to consume them to the point where they would react in such a violent way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I know this investigation is still happening. I know it's still fresh. Hopefully the cops will do their due diligence, figure out who did mm-hmm. this, and then, and then they got to pay. But... Mm-hmm. If it's if it's us again, you know, I don't want to hear y'all complaining no more about why we don't have no black leaders in the community. Maybe we should stop killing them. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Point on. Point How about we do on. that? Point on. You got a young man. Yeah, you, you got a man out here trying to do things for the community, trying to, you know, trying to build it up, trying to make sure the youth, you know, have have other options than, than, than gang banging and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's that's those are the leaders we've been looking for. But we keep killing them. And then not only that, and 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 that's the violent side of it, Ron. But then you have right. those who kill themselves. Yeah. Through uh the use of drugs and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? And you yeah. find out after they're dead. You found out after they're dead the contributions that they made uh, to their community and so forth. But it's after the fact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's depression. And you see man. a talent, huh? It's, it's the pressure. Some people can't handle that pressure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. With so much on their shoulders, people expecting so much from you. You know what I mean? Yep. But. And, and, it, and it, on top of that, it's like when you're in a position like that, you really don't know who to trust. No. That's why I keep I, I keep my circle very small. Like the people who I hang around with, I know they have my best interests in mind. Simple as that. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, when you get to a level where you're as successful, 
as Nipsey Hussle. You got to start to branch out and network with other people, and you don't know what they got going on in their lives. Right. And that can end up coming to you. So that's that's like my biggest thing, man. It's just you just never know, man. I'm just I'm tired of seeing like the people who are out here trying to do. You got politicians that that go to Washington every damn day, go on TV and speak, and then don't do shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The communities yep. they come from, they're supposed to represent, are still in the same condition <clears throat> when they when they got elected in the office. And all they're doing in Washington is getting rich themselves. Don't give a damn about what's going on in the communities they come from. You got people <clears throat> who, who come from the bottom of the communities and are trying to do positive things and give back, and we kill them? Yeah, that's, that's we them, why but we look, break our necks yeah. to vote for these other people. It's crazy, man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to the people. The people. The people taking charge, and the only way they can take charge is through the ballot box. We look at we look at the we see people and your mother I was talking about it earlier, you talk about people who have wealth. But with all the wealth people have, they only get one vote. Yeah. They only get one vote. And instead of allowing them to buy our votes and things of that nature. We need to vote for the issues that will provide a level, a level playing field for the majority of the citizens of this country and uh, stop allowing, uh, taking money from corporate lobbyists and so forth. Because like you just said, there's people who are who are more like it, it seems that no one runs it seems that no one runs for political office but to say, Well let me go there and see what impact I can have and if I get the issues that I felt are important to my community if I get those issues addressed, then I'm 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 happy with moving on. It's like they're looking at they're looking at it as a career. And if you're doing if you're effective in doing what you're supposed to be doing, and the people, you know, uh, reflect that in in reelecting you, then then so be it. But once you lose the effectiveness, then it's time for a change. Like, and, and the only way I can to try to illustrate that is that when I when I first became a member of the state conference of the uh, NAACP, Pennsylvania State Conference, and a yeah. lot of the new people that came in with me said. It's time we're gonna get rid of these old people. But I'm saying to myself, whoa, wait a minute. We may need these old folks to help with the transition. 
because they have yeah. some of the knowledge. You know, you're gonna lose that if you then you're gonna be you're gonna be almost maybe not recreating the wheel, but you're gonna be stumbling a whole lot along the way because you didn't know some of the pitfalls that you would be encountering. Right. So I always believe that there was a lesson to be learned from those who came before us and that they had the ability to help us transition into our new found roads. And so we we can't want to throw everybody out. We need the people who are able to share their experience and pass that experience on to us to serve as mentors in helping us to become better representatives of the people that we wish to serve. You know what else we could do? What's that? Uh, especially as a black community. Okay. One, we can stop killing each other. That's number one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Two, two, we can start treating our neighborhoods like we really care about them. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Three, we can stop waiting for a damn handout or for or for a politician to save us. It's not happening. And four, come together and start to build up our own damn neighborhoods, man. Stop mm-hmm. killing each other, man. The people right, who are trying right. to make a difference in, in your neighborhood, the people that come from the same neighborhood as you do, allow them to help, man. You know what I'm saying? Why, why, why do you want your, the family that comes after you or the next generation to have to go through all the BS you went through? You got somebody in the, in the hood trying to change that, but you want to kill them. We got to do better, man. We got to identify more, more local uh, politicians, uh, a, a diverse representation of the of the local uh, government that we live in or we we are part of. So we have to encourage people. To, to ignore it and to say I don't have time for it, that's not the answer. We all yeah. can play a role. We just have to be able to, some of us have to contribute. And we do that through running for public office. You know? Yeah. Bottom line, man, RIP, Nipsey Hussle, man. Thoughts and prayers to yes. his kids and everything, man. Absolutely. Sad to see another one go through that. We about at the end of the show. Appreciate y'all listening to the provocation of real people, real conversations. We'll be back next Monday. And with that, we out of here, man. Yeah. All right. Another good podcast. Yes, sir.